Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 428 of Her, the podcast where you're going to hear the truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today, her kettlebell. What? What What did Dr. Peek just say? What is she talking about? Well, listen, hold that thought because we have a fabulous episode coming up. Before we begin, I want to acknowledge our wonderful sponsor, Solaray Vitamins, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y Vitamins. Now, since we're going to be talking about exercise, you want to be energized, you know how it is, you've got to make certain to take your multivite. So we have a liposomal coated multivite that's just for women because we are that special and unique, mostly in good ways. So please run on over to Solaray, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y.com to learn more about what you need as a woman, starting with those multivites. And here's your first reminder to hit iTunes after the episode and rate and review the show because, well, myself and my entire team, we just sit around waiting to hear from your feedback. We'd love to hear from you, so please make certain to rate and review. All right, it's time for Her. Her, the podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind. Her body. Her life. It's all about Her. How many times... Have you, my wonderful Her Podcast audience, heard me rant and rave about kettlebells because I just love them. I started them up later in life, probably about mm, five years ago, and I had no idea what I was doing, but thank heavens I had a professional to help me really figure out what the form is and the rest of it. And ever since then, it is my go-to for a quick, high-intensity training. I mean, literally, I could just knock things out in 10, 15 minutes, 20, if I want to play around. And I integrated also into my weight training and all my other training as well. I've taken it outdoors onto grass. I've gone everywhere with my little bells, my big bells anyway. And I just figured it's time for all of you out there to hear from a real expert, a woman who knows what she's talking about. So our guest today is Brittany Schravendike. Did I say that right? Van Schravendike, yes. No, Van Schravendike. I forgot the van part. It's a beautiful Dutch name. Say it the Dutch way. I, you said it to me and it sounded so beautiful. So in Dutch, it would be Van Schravendike, which is you got to roll the R in your throat. And that's a tricky one if you haven't done that since you were a child. Okay, <laughs> well, I haven't. So I'm just going to stick with my little mnemonic here, Van Schravendike. So how did I happen upon Brittany? Well, I was actually looking at some more advanced forms, something called the snatch, you know, the clean and press and all these things you're going to learn about in a minute. And I love my bros, all the bros out there, you know, on YouTube and the rest of it, the guys, but I wanted to see a woman do it. And I wanted to see a woman with street creds, a real champion in the field. And I stumbled across Brittany, one of the best things that's happened to me in a long time. Her website is fabulous. It's KB, like kettlebell, 
fitbrit, F-I-T-B-R-I-T-T dot com. We'll be obviously repeating that numerous times throughout the show. And I ran over there and I thought, wow, she's cool. And then I learned more. So Brittany discovered kettlebell sport in 2011 and has since obtained seven master of sport titles and won a world championship. Okay. Now you got me at world championship. I'm like, I'm talking to her. And she set numerous world and national records from 2012 to 2016. And now she uses her expertise in kettlebells and handstands. The handstand thing was just, it's wild. To teach workshops and train clients all over the world. And the handstand skill, you're just simply going to have to explain, you know, as we go through this. So I just want to give you a very royal welcome, Brittany, to the Her Podcast, because we're all ears, all hands, and all kettlebells to hear more about what, I mean, why kettlebell? How did you get into this? That's a great question. And thank you so much for having me, Pam. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I actually stumbled upon kettlebells by accident. I got a part-time job at a gym in college, just so happened to be one of the top gyms in the nation at the time for kettlebell sport training, like the competition style of kettlebell training. So I really had no idea what I was walking into. I went into interview as an intern during college and I even called a kettlebell a kettleball, which is, you know, if you're a kettlebell person, you know, they, they kind of make fun of it. It's not a kettleball, you know, it's a kettlebell. So at the time, you know, I was like, yeah, I see you guys are into these kettleballs, you know, and the woman trainer who interviewed me, she was like, it's a kettlebell. And I was like, oh no, like I'm never going to get the job. Luckily she had mercy on me and gave me the job anyway. <laughs> so from there I started learning about kettlebells and I really fell in love with it. All right. And when did you decide to actually take this up as a sport? I mean, like to do the competition. I mean, like myself, I just love to do it. It's kind of cool stuff, but I would never, never occur to me to hit a sport. But you were in college. And by the way, your college is my alma mater, University of California at Berkeley. Yeah, go Bears. So, why did you decide to compete? Did you discover, and this is an important lesson for women out there, you don't know the talent you have until you challenge it. So, you know, here we have Brittany's, you know, rolls into some random gym to, you know, score a job while she's in college, only to find out, lo and behold. So what happened with that whole competition thing? What kind of stirred it up? Did you find some other woman who was like rocking it and maybe, you know, she inspired you or what happened? That's a great question. Well, I always had a competitive drive and I, you know, I ran track and field in high school and I was a walk-on for a while at UC Berkeley, but it didn't end up working out. So I never ended up competing. So I think there was a bit of a, I'm searching for something because I'm not doing track anymore. What do I do? You know? So in part, that was why I got the job. Oh, this is something active, not knowing that there would be this competitive possibility. And to your point, Yes, I had female role models at the gym who were very, very inspiring. They were, in fact, they were some of the first women to travel internationally and compete in kettlebell sport and kind of show the world that like, hey, women can do this. And so I saw that the gym was filled with these strong women and I 
tried picking up one of the kettlebells they were using and I could not do and it. And you're like, no, this is never happening. No. <laughs> I thought I was, I was like, I'm probably as strong as her. Like I could probably do that. And then I was like, no, I can't like, this is a skill and this has to be learned. So absolutely. I had some amazing female role models at this gym. It was called the ice chamber. It's no longer there, but the women there were very, very inspiring to me. And I, you know, I was like, I want to do that. I want to do what they're doing. So I started training really hard and learning and started competing. I traveled to Chicago for my first competition and loved it and just kind of went from there. Wow. And then you went on international. How has that changed your life? I mean, here you were in college. If I remember correctly, your major was engineering. Yes. So were you like thinking about like what the next step is and how did you make that decision now to really do this full time versus like joining Microsoft or something? I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, that's a great question. It's, you know, it was a tough one for me and I, I chose engineering because, well, I'm smart. I should do something that, you know, is prestigious and makes a lot of money. My dad and my brother are engineers my brother was a big influence on me in high school. So I thought, well, I'm going to, you know, there's not a lot of women in engineering. I'm going to do that. So I, I went in, I studied and I made it through those first couple of years, really difficult and got to like the actual subject matter. And while um, some of it was interesting, I studied civil engineering. It was definitely interesting material, but the idea of sitting behind a desk and behind a computer all day long, which, you know, nowadays we all sit behind the computers all day, but like working at a company nine to five, I was just like, I just don't see it. And so when I got this job at the gym, which was in part a search for something other than academics to do, I just like fell in love with it. And I wanted to be there more than I wanted to do anything else. And so I, I would say the last year of college, I really, really struggled with what to do. I thought about, should I quit college? Should I like, what should I do? Of course, it's always self-inflicted pressure, but I worried about what my family would think if I decided to do something else or, you know, and in the end, I realized like, I'm the only person who has to live every day of my life and be able to live with whatever my choices are. So I decided to finish out my degree, graduate from Berkeley, and then work full time at the gym. So that's what I started doing and getting really into my competition training and becoming a personal trainer and learning as much as I could and just kind of took it from there. And it's I'm really glad that I did because I'm I think I'm a lot happier and better off where I am today than where I would have been if I had chosen to follow a trajectory that I really felt wasn't right for me. And so you're an entrepreneur now. Yes. Tell us what that is. What are you doing as an entrepreneur? It's shifted and grown over the years. You know, I was mostly doing personal training and group fitness. That's what I was doing when I worked at the gym after college. And then I moved to San Diego and I started working at a number of gyms mostly a gym called Core Strength and Conditioning, which unfortunately also does not exist anymore. But the gym business is hard to make it. I worked there and did training and taught workshops. I traveled to compete. And that was really like my life for a long time. And then COVID happened. And that kind of shut down a lot of things around training. So I had to pivot, started selling programs online. And then I also met my current partner around that time. And we actually started a business together last year where we teach a style of kettlebell training that he developed. And we teach follow along classes for that system of kettlebell training. And the goal is really to make kettlebell training accessible to everybody. Okay. Now I'm going to take that last sentence you said, and we're going to run with it. One of the things I noticed, just my own personal experience, I've lifted weights and I'm a resistance trained 
athlete for decades. So I've been at this for a long time. Every time I, you know, when the kettlebells started showing up in gyms, they weren't always there. These are the cast iron guys, not the sport bells. That's different. But once they started showing up, I was watching people doing it. And then I said to myself, "Mm, that looks a little weird, maybe intimidating. And it was almost always a guy until the last several years. It was almost always a guy. So I thought it was like a guy thing. I didn't know. But going courageously forward, I asked my trainer to to show me because he's certified in kettlebell. And I fell in love with it like you. You just find that your body works well with it for some reason. And then I found it allowed me to really hit my entire body. And I felt like my strength was increasing in a very different way. And then you end up with kind of a kettlebell body which is, you know, I've always had strong legs. The kettlebell people tend to have very strong legs. You have ridiculous legs. And the kettle beauty. (laughs) Yeah, it's kettle beauty. It It really is. I mean, the thighs and the behind, you know, your glutes and your gastrox and your calves and everything, everything just develops beautifully in your upper body. It's just, you look really beautifully toned and muscular. If you do this on a fairly routine basis, do you need to be lifting half of a house? Of course not. And that's why we're going to talk about your thing. So I entered it surprised. I was utterly surprised. I didn't know. So this is like life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. So I decided to go with the daring adventure of kettlebells. And I've never looked back. I've just enjoyed this so much. So if a woman out there in our her podcast land is listening to this and she's saying, I don't know, could I do these? Should I do these? All right. How do you talk to someone who's exploring this as a woman? That's a good question. My approach now is different than it would have been four or five years ago because I used to train mostly the very technical kettlebell lifts, which is Typically, the type of stuff people will see that looks intimidating. Swings, clean snatches where people are like flinging this kettlebell over their head. You know, that that's what I used to train all the time. And so that's what I would kind of try to encourage, like get people to do. But these days, my approach is different because I realize that for most people, number one, that's very intimidating. Number two, a lot of people don't want to learn, spend a ton of time learning technique. It takes a certain type of person. Some people will be interested and they will want to learn the snatches and they'll want to learn all those moves. Other people won't. Other people need maybe time to build up their confidence to get there. And so the type of training I teach now is not technical. And so it's actually very, very different from what you see out there with kettlebells. And you only need a light kettlebell to get a ton of benefit. The beauty of the kettlebell is that it combines strength training and cardiovascular training. So it's a very efficient, effective workout. Like you said, you don't need a lot of time. You don't need a lot of space. And you really only need one kettlebell to start. So there's not a whole lot of barriers to it. You can do it from home, which these days is way more popular. I mean, I solely train from home now. So you don't need a gym full of equipment. You know, you just need a kettlebell or a few kettlebells as you move down the road and you want to have more options and you can get in great shape with just short bouts a few times a week. When you say a light kettlebell, what are you talking about? Well, that really depends on the person. If somebody 
for the type of kettlebell training that I teach, if somebody is completely untrained, has never done a workout routine, I would recommend something as light as a five to 10 pound kettlebell. And if somebody has been training, I would say they, they start for a woman, 10 to 20 pounds is what they should start with. Excellent. So, and you can get kettlebells from some equipment place, right? These days, it's like you can find a kettlebell anywhere. You can find them at Walmart. You can really get them anywhere. Now, it's not to say that they necessarily will have the best quality bells, and it depends what you're doing with them, because sometimes you find a kettlebell with a really teeny tiny handle, and if you're doing anything with two hands on the bell, it increases your risk of dropping it. So you want to make sure that you get something that you know you can fit both hands on the handle, and that it's not super like a super slippery handle, because obviously as you get sweaty, you want to be able to maintain a good grip on the bell. So you can generally get it anywhere. I think Amazon has tons of different kinds of cheaper kettlebells, and then there's higher end brands that have your kettlebells that will just last you forever. Okay, fantastic. We were talking about the benefits of kettlebell. So you mentioned that it's not just strength, it's endurance. And I'm going to add two more things. One is flexibility and the other one is balance. So what you're getting, we are women. What do we do as women? We multitask. So instead of doing like a little balance exercise of flexibility, screw all that. Why don't we just pick up a kettlebell and do some real basic maneuvers and you can get the whole thing going. And also, once you really start getting going, you learn to add, as it were, more intensity to it. In the beginning, I mean, obviously it's going to sort of feel intense, whether you're just doing a deadlift or, you know a squat, a goblet squat or something like that. I mean, trust me, you're going to sweat, but not ridiculous. You know, you're, you're trying to pay attention. The reason why I bring this up is this is a beautiful form of what women have been reading about in magazines for a while and hearing podcasts and whatever. And that's high intensity interval training, meaning that you can modulate the intensity by the amount of weight you're taking and the actual maneuver itself. But high intensity interval training is all relative to you. So the sedentary woman that you mentioned who hasn't done much of any exercise and is starting with five pounds, that's going to be kind of building up intensity for her, relatively speaking. And then you take the 20-pound lady, and that's a whole different ball game. She's going to start off, she can pretty much go from zero to much more intense if she wants to, based upon your technique. Now, you have an ebook on your website that is free. What is in the ebook? So it's just a, a few of the basic moves that you could start with with kettlebell training that'll just set you up with a foundation. And so it's a great way to just you know, no idea about kettlebells, that's a great place that you can start and get an idea of a few moves that you could practice that are simple and fairly low tech. Okay. So if I'm a woman who's never done this before, and here I am staring at you saying, hey, I'm not completely sedentary or out of it. I could probably handle a 10 pound, right? How do you start the training? What kind of things do you do to be able to get someone in that first introductory lesson? Usually the first thing you would cover when it comes to kettlebell training is how to do a hip hinge 
and how to train a deadlift because doing that and, and learning how to use your glutes and your hamstrings is going to be pretty important for any other move you do with the kettlebell. You know, it's an important movement for life because generally anytime you're bending over to, to pick something up, you know, you're either completely using your back or you're using a combination. You're, you're using the legs with your back so that you're not overloading it. So that would be the first place that I would start with somebody. And you also had something else that's really important and something I was not really good at for a while, and that was stretches. See, before you do anything, you stretch. Tell us why stretching is so really integral and critical to doing kettlebell, no matter what you're going to be doing, whether it's lightweight or whatever. And it depends what we mean by stretching. Generally, I would say static stretching would be something I, I would say would be after the workout versus warm-up type movements or mobility exercise. I think that's super important because you want to start getting in tune with your body. I always tell people to just pay attention to anything they notice. Typically, if someone's warming up, I have them start with like the neck and just doing side to side and kind of making their way down the body and checking in like, how are things feeling today? Is there anything you need to pay attention to, you know, and just really getting in tune prior to getting into the workout. So while it's important for the body to warm up, it's also important for you to get in connection so that when you're doing the workout, you know, should I push on this exercise or is that maybe a bad idea? You know, I think it's super, super important to get in tune with yourself that way prior to beginning, especially if it's something that's a new exercise routine for you. I think most of us get an F minus in the appropriate warmups we're supposed to be doing. And then the stretches afterwards, because a lot of us are like, oh, okay, I'm done. I got to run. So I call it the done and run. No, don't do that. That's a bad thing. What you want to do I love the way you frame this, which is being mindful of your anatomy, of your body. You know, we kind of blow off what's going on with the left shoulder, and then maybe there's a little number going on with your right knee. You need to check in because what you're about ready to do is maybe you have to do some modifications, which I think is really important. Hey, there's something I, it just occurred to me. And I learned this the hard way. <laughs> What's that? The School of Hard Knocks with Dr. Peak. What that is, is the shoes. I was told by people who are a lot smarter than I am in kettlebell, they said, why are you wearing sneakers? And the reason why, I didn't know if I was doing something wrong, is that, tell me if I'm wrong here, Brittany, you're, you're the world expert here, not me. You really want to be as close to flat on the floor as possible. So I changed up my shoes completely to trainers that are really flat on the floor because to maintain balance and all the rest of it, you need to literally grip the floor. I've watched some kettlebell people do it barefoot and wild stuff. And I, I actually teach all my classes barefoot. <laughs> yeah. You see, now, now tell me. They should make that clear because I go to the gym and all these people are having these huge cushion shoes and you're rolling all over the place. Yeah. I mean, a flat soled shoe works well. It's just when you've got the big padding, it's harder to be connected to the floor. And like you said, it's harder on balance. So you're going to feel more rooted into the ground if you have at least a thin sole and obviously barefoot if you are comfortable with that. And maybe when someone's first starting, they may not be comfortable. That is completely okay. You could feel free to wear shoes. Just minimize like how thick 
in general, I think that's going to help you more with your balance. Plus, it's going to strengthen your feet and your ankles. If you have a super padded shoe, you know, you're kind of disconnected from your foot and from your toes and what they're doing. So just for overall strength, foot and toe strength is important. You know, it can affect all the way up the chain. So we want to make sure to also strengthen our feet and our toes. I love that because once again, it's a higher level of mindfulness about the body. I think sometimes our mindfulness ends at our knees or something. It's like you got a little bit more anatomy to go here. And I love gripping the floor. And that's the way my trainer had taught me. So now you got to grip the floor. He's the one who yelled at me about the shoes. So the minute he yelled, I took my sneakers off and there I was in my socks. And I felt such a difference. I felt more in control and I really felt as though all the energy in my body was just channeling right down to the floor. And I felt more balanced, more integrative. I don't know. It, it, I mean, these are all the words that are sort of coming to mind. So warm-up exercises. And by the way, you have a fabulous YouTube channel. So tell everyone how to find it. Yeah. So I actually run two different YouTube channels. The KB Fitprint is my personal channel, which... I don't update quite as much as I used to. And then a kettlebell solo YouTube channel, which I run with my partner. And that's where we post classes and workouts for mostly geared towards beginners, but all levels with kettlebells. And we're, we're kind of putting an effort towards putting more up on there. So it's kettlebell solo, S-O-L-O, and then the KB Fitbrit one. And to piggyback on something you said around the bare feet and the mindfulness, because I do think that in you know, in the fitness culture that we have here, very often we tend to like disconnect from our bodies when we work out, like we make it really intense. We blast music, you know, we're, we, we have things to kind of distract us while we're working out. Oh, you know, push through the pain kind of thing versus really like tuning in and taking exercise as a time to tune in with yourself and not play music and just notice what's happening in your mind and your body. I think exercise becomes a really, really useful, like holistic practice when we can use it to tune in rather than to tune out. I think that that is such a valid point. Interestingly, Brittany, when I do endurance, you know, if I, if it's raining outside and I can't, you know, get outdoors and do what I normally do, then, you know, I'll hit the elliptical. Typically I'll have some music hanging and that kind of gets me going. Right. But then when I lift, and I do kettlebell, I just prefer quiet because I really want, I want to feel myself. It's almost like a sacred practice. What I love to do is listen to my breathing with kettlebell because it's so when I'm doing the swing or I'm beginning to lift, I'm inhaling loudly and through my nose. I'm making that big noise to help me with the overall energy. And I love listening to that and I don't want to lose it. So to your point, I really, I think organically and just naturally sided with more stillness and not the, you know, typical Jim bro thing that goes on where people are yelling and screaming and, and people are doing the grunt thing um, with their single bar deadlifts and stuff like that. And that's all fine, but I prefer something a little 
more quiet. I also go outdoors. I go on the grass and I go around. I, you have a beautiful, since you're in San Diego, obviously you've got the beach there. And I see that you've done a lot of videos there, you know, in the sand. It just, to me, it just seems so cool to see you doing, you know, the kettlebell maneuvers in such a beautiful natural setting. I actually don't live in San Diego anymore, but I still live by the beach. It's really nice to be able to have take the bells to the beach and do a workout there, like connect to the earth while you're lifting the bell. You know, again, talk about going barefoot. Definitely want to go barefoot and lift kettlebells on the sand. That's an awesome way to ground yourself and feel really, really good. No sand in the shoes, honey. That's not happening anymore. So that's cool. The other thing that's really cool about kettlebell too is that women begin to lose bone mineral density by the age of 30. So you build for a while. One would hope you're physically active and you're optimally maintaining really strong bones and keeping it rocking. But there's an age-related drop that begins. I think a lot of women, and this is you know where I'm putting on my little doctor hat, a lot, I think a lot of women think that, oh, you know, losing bone stuff, that's like after the age of 50 when people are ancient. And it's not true. There's actually a steady decline. You can mitigate the amount of decline by constantly stimulating bone to be able to continuously grow as much as it can, you know, maintain the bony cortex. And you do that by more as it were, explosive maneuvers. So that would be, for instance, if you are on a rebounder, trampoline, you know, jumping up and down, jump rope, running, because why? You're pounding the ground. So whether you're jogging or running, the key thing is to pound the ground. As you can see, the explosive part of this is always about pounding the ground. And of course, resistance training Because what you're doing is you're stimulating the bones by the heavy load. And then the thing I love about kettlebell is you're not just doing the heavy load, you're also adding more explosive maneuvers to it. When you're swinging, doing something like a clean right off the floor, which means you're lifting it up and bringing it up, you know, to a higher position right around the boob level, I call it. Those things are very healthy for bones. And it doesn't take long because we always complain everything takes so long with exercise. And I'm solving the problem here with kettlebell. So listen up. This is important, right? And uh, really, honestly, it's fabulous for cardiovascular, as you brought up so beautifully. It's wonderful for balance, flexibility, and strength. So who wouldn't want to sign up? I just really want everyone out there in the Her Podcast land to know that there are wonderful resources, and I'm starting you out with Brittany because she has a vibrant website, and she has a training program and a free ebook. Just download it and have a little look, and I would so encourage you to please try it. I'm not saying you have to do it forever, but just try it and see whether or not that might be a way to diversify 
what you're doing because I'm wagging my finger at all of you out there because what you do is you get in a rut. You know, you're doing the same damn thing every day and newsflash, your body's getting used to it and you're not really making much progress. So you want to be able to diversify. So what are some of the, the feedback from beginners when they first have that aha moment? What have you heard from the people you work with? Well, I'm like, I got to pull up my page of testimonials. I have to have these memorized. We've got a lot of awesome feedback from people just feeling more in tune, feeling more connected, feeling stronger through their entire body, you know, losing weight, losing fat, just getting like being able to do their activities of daily life, like much more easily, you know, whether that's gardening or cleaning or doing things with your kids or grandkids, you know, so many benefits. I really think it's, it's one of the most efficient ways. And as you mentioned, you know, building bone density through these different things, the great thing about resistance training and why it's what I recommend is I feel that it is easier on your joints than say pounding the pavement with running, you know, running on pavement, it can be so hard on your joints. So it it has helpful elements and it's easy to overdo and kind of your joints get kind of achy. And I think resistance training is a way to resistance training done right is a way to build your bone density that's easier on your joints and super effective use of your time. I think your point is extremely well taken. I think it's a generational thing. Depends upon where you are in your life. Some women are like, you know, hey, all my friends went out for a run and, you know, whatever. So they do that. I think we all kind of go through our, not everybody, but many people go through like a running phase and all the rest of it. And then they move on. I'm at a point where, you know, I'm always looking for injury-free zones and having better control, feeling I'm in a safer place on the overall. Now, this is to say that my recommendation to everyone out there in the Herb Podcast land is to diversify as best you can. As you know, I'm a triathlete, so that's kind of diverse. (laughs) So it's a swim, bike, run situation. But keep in mind that swimming and biking are not explosive exercises for your body in terms of improving bone. They don't do that because obviously with swimming, you're you're being buoyed by the water. And with the cycle, you got your little behind in a saddle. Whereas the third component will do the trick quite nicely, I might add. But really, I'm going to tell you, The women I've seen who've done incredibly well, these aren't elite athletes or, you know, that's a whole different ballgame, but the women have done really well in terms of maintaining an excellent body composition. I'm not into weight. I'm into body composition, which is the quality of your body, not just your quantity. I want to see what that looks like because once you address that, the weight kind of trails behind you and and you're fine. It works itself out. One of the things that's important is to really find ways to move your body that enhances muscular development and minimizes excess fat. And the way you do that is is this high intensity, a little bit higher intensity to your physical activity. But to that point, women who sustain their weight and good body composition Many of them just do some form of resistance training, including kettlebell and brisk walking. They don't have to be jogging or running or doing marathons and 
Iron Man or something. That's completely unnecessary. Instead, just regularly crank out your walking just like it's a a holy practice. You want to make certain that you're weight-bearing, which is walking, and put a little high step into it, hit those hills, enjoy yourself in nature. All those things are important, but really addressing resistance training through traditional weights as well as kettlebell is absolutely essential, especially once you've hit 50, which is when you're, you're entering menopause. This is extremely important because earlier in life, functionally, you're just doing a lot more physical activity, just, you know, hoisting kids and doing that whole thing. Later in life, maybe not so much. And so you got to make up for it. So this is so awesome. So tell us again, Brittany, where everyone can learn about your work, your website, as well as, once again, your YouTube. Yeah, the first resource I would direct everybody to is kettlebellsolo.com. So that's, again, kettlebell spelled out and then S-O-L-O.com. And that's where, you know, I teach classes and programs through that system that my partner, Michael, created. And so we, we emphasize to people that less is more, you know, and you can get great results with decent amount of resistance training, but it doesn't have to be anything major and it will benefit everything else in your life. So I, you know, I love what you said about doing resistance training and walking. I think it's a great combination. I think we often tend to think, and I've seen a lot of women who think they need to just do more and more and more exercise, but at a certain amount of time, you actually, you know, are going to see diminishing results with that. You need to find something that's sustainable. You can be consistent with that gets you, you know, increases muscle mass and keeps you healthy. And I think resistance training and walking, if we're going for like, you know, what's the most efficient thing you can do with less effort, you know, minimum amount of effort. If you don't want to spend tons of time in the gym, resistance train twice a week and walk. That's really a great, great way to stay in shape. And like you said, mitigate effects of aging and keep yourself healthy in the long run. And then the website is KB, like kettlebell, KB fit, F I T, Brit, B R I T T dot com. So KB fit Brit dot com. And you're going to find that website is absolutely out of this world. I find it to be incredibly engaging. You could read more about Brittany's colorful past and her amazing work in championships at the national and the international level. I'm so happy I found you, Brittany, and I wanted to share a credible master champion here with all the women out there who will feel that your approach is very welcoming into the wonderful world of Kettlebell. I just want to say thank you so much for being on the Her Podcast. Thank you so much. And just if there's anybody who's interested in getting started with kettlebells, you have questions, I'm here to help. So you can reach out to me on Instagram. You can reach out to me via email. It's on my website, but it's info at KB Fitbrit. Or again, I'm just here to help and educate people. You know, whether they sign up for my programs or not, I'd love to help people just get on the path to getting started with kettlebells. Fantastic, Brittany. I know that I'm following you like there's no tomorrow. All right. Oh my gosh, what a 
fabulous episode. And I want to give another shout out to our sponsor, Solaray Vitamins, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y vitamins.com. Now, after listening to this episode, you know you need to be able to match up your nutrition with your physical activity. So run on over to solarayvitamins.com and learn more about women's multiple vitamins and more. Just do it, solaray.com. And everyone now, remember how I told you before, run on over to iTunes, rate and review the show because we want to hear from you, especially me, because I'm Dr. Pam Peek, host of the Her Podcast. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek, or Twitter and Instagram at PamPeakMD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Her Podcast on iTunes, Radio MD, Spotify. We're everywhere. We're on the platforms. Just run on over there and, and find me. Oh, what a great episode. Everyone out there, thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay well. <laughs>